Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello, and welcome to another week of Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, the number one Alyssa Mastromonaco of all time joins to discuss what's been on our minds a lot this week, a new smattering of anti-choice laws in states like Alabama, Missouri, and Ohio, and what we can do about it now. Then Megan Gailey, Dana Schwartz, and Grace Parra join in studio to talk about how reproductive health care is something that affects all of us every day, and how men can help participate in the fight against going full handmaids. And finally, as always, our hills. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started. If you want to submit a hill you'll die on, record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. You can also send other correspondence to us that way, but I'm not the only one that checks that email. Caroline checks it too. So love notes and hate mail should go to our personal accounts or straight in the trash, depending on, you know, how we're feeling that day. Merch is in the works, and I'm biased, but it's really great. We were just having an email exchange about it yesterday. I know it's a slow process. I know a lot of you guys want stickers and shirts and onesies, and I've gotten a lot of suggestions, but I swear to you, it's coming, and you're going to love it. I'm trying a new thing where I give a shout-out to a special group of listeners. This week, I want to give a shout-out to people who are old enough to remember a world before Roe v. Wade. We need you to bear witness to what we're fighting against, and we're really glad you're here. A note about today's episode, we spend a lot of time on here getting pretty personal about an issue that is, for people who have uteruses, both personal and frustratingly public lately, abortion. All of the women you hear on the show today agreed in advance that this was important to them, and all of the people identifiable in their stories have given permission to have their stories be used. Finally, if you like what you're hearing and you know somebody else who you think would like it too, please recommend us to your friends and rate and review us on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. Now let's get started. Hey! Hi. Well, you just sounded like a robot for a second because Skype went funny. Did I? Yeah, you were like, hi, I am. I'm anything but robot. (laughs) Robo v. Wade. Uh, uh, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't be funny. Good. No, you know what? I don't feel funny either. I feel depressed. Yeah, it's not great. You know, we all understand it's not great, right? You just hope that there'd be like a week that isn't punctuated with something not great. Like, can we just have a mediocre week where we can get our mojo back? Well, here's something mediocre about this week in all senses of the word. It is the 100th anniversary this week of the House of Representatives passing the 19th Amendment, advancing closer to ratification a woman's right to vote. A white woman's right to vote, right? A white woman's right to vote. After it had a history, you know, to be fair, the women's rights movement, the women's suffrage movement had a very checkered past when it came to elevating white women's voices at the expense of women of color, erasing advocates of color and sort of generally being racist and bad. But the other end of it was women got the right to vote. And it wasn't until the Civil Rights Act that women of color secured that right to vote. And now there are more women in Congress than that there's ever been. And a lot of them are women of color. So the end result of a sort of ugly process was yay, kind of. Yay. And, you know, maybe for the next year, because it was passed in 1919, right? But it was enacted in 1920. So for the next year, let's find sort of semi yay stories to go with the hashtag women's vote 100. Semi yay. Sounds great. Semi yay. All right. It's a weird uh, confluence of events that we have the 19th Amendment's 100th anniversary happening in the same week when all of these abortion bans are advancing through different state houses or passing through different state houses so far. And jump in if I miss one. We have Alabama, Georgia, Ohio, Utah. No, please Utah. do go ahead. <laughs> Alabama, Georgia, Ohio, Utah, Missouri, Mississippi, I believe. And by the yep. time the by the time this episode airs, you know, God knows, God knows where else. Wasn't there also something in North Dakota? There's always something in fucking North Dakota. Yeah. Literally yeah, I'm always. Sure I saw a map earlier today. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Alyssa, don't look at maps before 10 a.m. That's a good rule for I happiness. Kn- Just avoid maps in the I very know. early morning hours. You know me, though. I'm a map freak. <laughs> you totally are. <laughs> I'm cartographically inclined. You know, hard same. When I used to go on family vacations, I would look at maps. But they weren't maps that were lit up with states that were assaulting my right to what happens inside my body. Um, they were just regular maps. Yeah, it was all good back then. Yeah, it was just roads and towns and, and exits and no no ways or anything like that. But, you know, in, in response to all of these bans, people, people didn't take too kindly to it. There's been a pretty big response. There mm-hmm. have been yesterday or Tuesday this week, there were thousands of people who protested across the country. New York, there was one. There was one in L.A. I know there was one in Indianapolis because Megan Gailey's mom was involved in that one, which is really great. Um, Can I shout out the great one that was in Nebraska? Yeah. It's like, remember during the Women's March and they said, um, they were like, oh, you know, like 100 women turned out, but it turned out like the population of the town was only 400 people. And you're like, wow, by population density, that's a fucking showing. That's and awesome. So anyway, there was a really robust one in Nebraska and I was stoked to see it. That's great. I think one thing that's happened over the course of this last, I guess, how many years has it been? It feels like a million, but I guess almost four years now since 2015, since Trump declared his candidacy. I think that women who are in red states or in red towns have learned that they're very much not alone and there's a whole community of them and they all care very deeply. And I feel like they've been a little bit emboldened to come together and show themselves. and, And that I find very encouraging too. That's a little bright spot. 
I agree. I agree. You know what? All right. That's a glass half full. Yeah, that's a glass half full. I'll take it. I was also thinking yesterday, I wonder how how many people who are there just reuse protest signs from like the last protest and like if there's a place where they just put their protest sign like next to their umbrella before they leave the house just in case okay. it's a protest so funny day. you say that. I will post later. My protest sign is in our asparagus, is in our guest room. Oh, nice. So it's at the ready. You're like a fireman. It's at the ready. It <laughs> is. Oh, man. Well, another way that people are coming up against the action in these um, unfortunate states, Hollywood is making moves. Uh, Kristen Wiig's new comedy pulled production out of Georgia in response to the law in Georgia. Yes. And there's another show. I think The Power, the adaptation of the book, yes, The Power. The Power. Yeah. The Power is a book about women who suddenly wake up with the ability to like shoot electricity from their hands and men don't have the ability. So it's about kind of an upending of the power structure of the world. So it'd probably be a little ironic if they continued to film in Georgia, given recent events. Um, other states like Vermont, your beloved Vermont, um, not mm. not your home state, but an adopted sort of... It is an adopted state. It's an adopted third home. Yeah. Third home. Wow. Uh, Vermont passed a law designed to strengthen access to choice. This week, they were they're working on getting something through that would make it the most uh, choice protecting state in the country. And other people with large platforms, including a lot of men, are speaking up in solidarity with women, which I found very encouraging. I think it's yes. great that famous men are speaking up and that are they're joining us because this isn't just our issue. And here's can, can we just say like a quick differentiation because people get real torqued up about this on Twitter. Yeah, there's a difference between men coming out to support you and saying, I agree, you deserve this, this should be protected. And like then men sort of acting as if they've walked in your shoes. The latter is not okay. The former we want a, as much as humanly possible of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but my question about this, Alyssa, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we were on our like texting frenzy. I was like one-handed mm. text, texting in the grocery store, which is my favorite way to text. But is this all too late? So I was worrying that it's too late. Well, just that the sequencing of things is hard, right? That like the Alabama happens and then we're protesting, like the protests need to happen, but does it have any sort of like halo effect? Right. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that it does, even though yesterday I was a bit like, I was giving myself that like one monocle emoji, like, hmm, like, is this, <laughs> is this happening? And, and I do think that, you know, people today were energized. I feel like if nothing else, coming together with a bunch of people who feel the same way you do makes you not alone. And like right now, all Donald Trump wants us to do is feel alone. And so I did feel that yesterday was like a very good like, fuck, we got this kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, sort of. it's definitely important for us to get all together. But the the issue that I have is like all of these states are passing these laws now with the intent that they'll get sued all the way up to the Supreme Court. And they believe yes. that the Supreme Court will take it because there's enough justices now. There's enough conservative judges that can um, can decide to take a case and that row will be overturned. So. I had, because we did talk about this, I went a bit down the Google rabbit hole last night because I'm like, what the fuck? And I found something that was very encouraging, specifically as it relates to Alabama. Are you ready for it? I always. Okay. So last year, and I got this from Joyce Vance, who is an MSNBC contributor, but former, I love her. I love her. A former um, uh, attorney. 
mm-hmm. state's attorney, district attorney, whatever she is. She's very important and smart. And she told the story that made me feel good, which was that in Alabama a year or so ago, a, something not as extreme as this, but a case similar to this made its way to the 11th Circuit, which is the federal court that hears Alabama cases. Mm-hmm. And the court determined it didn't have the ability to reverse Roe v. Wade, though in the dissent, they said they fundamentally disagree with Roe v. Wade, right? Mm-hmm. So these cats wanted to overturn it, but were like like in their in their political or ideological, you know, dark centers. But we're like, you know what? We just straight up can't do this. And mm-hmm. the reason that it made me feel Good, but then also something that we're always looking for actions, right? So the the reason that this is so important is because Trump, so many people say Trump is supercharging the courts, right? He is appointing some of the most radical ideological um, jurists to the bench. And so we all have to be hyper vigilant and reading our local papers every day to see what judges are being nominated because people, if they raise their voices, this is like a proactive thing we can do before shit's way up the Creek Mm -hmm. is that you can call your senators, your congressmen, and you can say this person is a hell no and be heard. And you may have an impact. So I thought that was good. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I also think that uh, that's something that brings me comfort in the Supreme Court fight is I think about Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And that attitude of the 11th Circuit judge that you just mentioned reminded me of Sandra Day O'Connor's attitude when she joined the liberal justices in defending Roe in in the uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey ruling, which actually is the is the I guess the kind of legal status that determines what states can do to abortion now, not Roe, because Planned Parenthood versus Casey is like pre, you know, undue burden and all that language. 1992, right? 1992. Yeah, that was pre Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That was a long time ago. Kennedy was on the court. It was it was a long time ago, but it was at the time, I think eight of the justices had been appointed by Republicans. And and it was just it seemed hopeless. But the people that were conservative on the court that joined the liberals were basically like, yeah, I don't like this, but I don't think we can overturn it because women have come to rely on it. And it's just not something that the court is, is going to do. So we can hope that that happens. But in the meantime, I want to pivot to looking ahead to something a little bit more hopeful um, Mm. and talk about the Democratic presidential candidates and their response to this. Um, So, so far, Kirsten Gillibrand, Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Beto O'Rourke at the CNN town hall last night. He was actually really, he was really good uh, about it, I think. He was very good. And I do have something separate about that, which we'll get to at the end. Okay. Uh, Bernie Sanders has always been a a pro-choice voice and he's condemned it. And Joe Biden came out and said Congress needed to actually codify abortion rights earlier this week, which was Mm -hmm. a a surprise move from Diamond Joe. But I was pleased. Yes. I was pleased. Uh, Who are your favorite? What are your favorite Democratic responses to this? Which Democratic candidates do you think have the most comprehensive idea of a concrete way to protect choice? So, well, I honestly think, look, first, everybody coming out and saying hell no to this gold star. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite responses, though, so far, which has been from behind her desk, is one of my Senate faves, Maisie Hirono from the great state of Hawaii. 
um, she just kind of went on this very smart rant. Um, and just like the thing that's beautiful about her is that she's not running for president. So she can literally say whatever the fuck she wants. Mm -hmm. And so I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed her, but I think, look, I mean, Kirsten has been, Senator Gillibrand has been on the forefront of this issue since the beginning of time. Yeah. Right. And so I do, you know, I appreciate everyone's running for president now. I do think she gets special props because she is, 100% 100% been putting herself out there for women's rights and opportunity and equality and especially things like paid family leave um, since she came into office. Mm-hmm. So I say, I mean, I have to say she's kind of my front runner right now. Warren put out a pretty comprehensive plan too. Oh, she's the ladies got a plan. She's got man. a plan. Ladies got a plan. So Biden kind of surprised me this week when he came out against the Hyde Amendment, which is a law that is 43 years old now. And yeah. it prohibited. Yeah, it is. Really? You're 43? Yeah. You look great. I'm 43. Thank you. You look Appreciate great. Yeah. The Hyde Amendment, however, does not look great because it prohibits Medicaid recipients from using their benefits to obtain elective abortions. There are exceptions for rape, incest and the life of the mother. But it's it's a it's a law that basically keeps poor women from accessing choice, which is is kind of yes. an archaic. It's an archaic law. But in response to Biden and and Beto O'Rourke also took a stance against the Hyde Amendment. Um, RNC chair Romney, Romney, McRomney. <laughs> Can we just call her that forever? That's her name. R- Romna Romney McRomney tweeted, 2020 Democrats have become totally radical on abortion. Bernie, Kamala, Warren, Buttigieg and Beto are all backing abortions up to the moment a baby is born. Not true. Now Biden is calling for unlimited taxpayer funding of abortions. Also not true. It is completely outside the mainstream. Uh, she, it's that's like that's going to be the line going into twenty twenty. Just so everybody yes. can kind of get get ready to respond to like a little mini bullshit tsunami. That is going to be the line going into twenty twenty. What do you think? What do you make of that? Well, I mean, look, it's like Trump's been playing this since he didn't get his wall, right? Or, you know, didn't get the whatever. He's like, I need some new, like, hot red meat. And so he's using abortion. And as per usual, he's just lying. Like, yeah. he's just lying about everything. And, you know, he did that rally not that long ago, wherever the fuck state it was. And he was like, and then the baby's born and they swaddle it and then they decide whether to kill it. Like, I don't know if we can educate the people who believe that, but we just all have to remember, like, we just all need to remember how batshit and what a big lie that is. You know, the thing is, I was thinking about this a lot going into this week's episode, since we're going to be visiting this issue in the panel part of the episode, too. Yes. And I was thinking, you know, who are we convincing when we talk about this or when we correct lies. And there are people that will never be convinced. And I don't think it's about convincing people anymore. I think it's just about rallying the people on our side, because look what we did in 2018. That's right. Look look what we did in 2018. And I think and and maybe I'm just a fucking Pollyanna here, but look what we did. And I think we can do it again. And maybe a lot of us are tired and maybe a lot of us want to take a break. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, maybe try to take mini breaks, but we have to go full steam ahead to 2020. And I think we can, we can beat this. We we don't need them. We can beat, there are more of us than there are of them. We do. And I also think that when someone says that they are opposed to abortion, it is worth visiting the question of, are you opposed to it for you? Or do you think I shouldn't have the right or someone else shouldn't have the right? Because there are people who are pro-life for themselves and mm-hmm. still believe that other people should have a choice. And so in the vein of trying to get more people on our side, 
aside, I do think leading with curiosity in those conversations is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that that's a very fair point because there's a gap between people who say, like, if you if you look at polls, it says that America's 50-50 pro-life, pro-choice. But when you look at polls that ask, do you think Roe v. Wade should be overturned? It's something like 73% of people don't think it should be overturned. So there is a gap. There's a percentage of people who call themselves pro-life, but actually are pro-choice for other people that might be morally opposed to abortion for themselves, but don't think that it should be illegal. And that's, I think those people are worth talking to, but I do think, I do think that the, what the, the, um, 27% that don't think that, or that do think Roe should be overturned are maybe people that are unconvincibles, a basket of unconvincibles. Right. Like that lunatic who said that ectopic pregnancies were a form of abortion and that the embryo or whatever it is when it's an ectopic pregnancy should be removed and then re-implanted properly in the uterus. We're not changing that guy's mind. Yeah. That's not (laughs) even... both against common sense and science. That's like not even magic. Like it's, it's it's like a boring sci-fi story and it's like that not wouldn't happen in narnia no <laughs> it wouldn't even happen in like you know a star trek or something they wouldn't be like we can re-implant the ectopic pregnancy people would be like why it's a sign that it's not working out guys let's <laughs> just <laughs> exactly your body's talking to you yeah that we're doing uterus trek generations right now. Um, Okay, Alyssa, well, that's all the time we have this week to talk about this. I'm sure we're going to be revisiting it because this is going to be something that the Republicans try to carry to 2020 and we're not going to let them. Yes. Blessed be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. We have to take a break, but when we're back, more hysteria. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it good for you, great ingredients, helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bar's, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. 
And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put a a blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim Denim shirt, blazer, leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is like I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah, but um my dad has had his for like a couple years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um family on a on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Welcome back to Hysteria. We're at the part of the show called Personal Political, where I am joined by three lovely women in studio to talk about something that we all think about a lot. I want to introduce the panel before we get into this week's very special topic, very, very fraught topic. First, I want to bring in writer Dana Schwartz. Hi. Hi. Hey, how how are you? you? I don't know why I said hi. (laughs) Like I said it all. It's early. It's early, and I normally don't have to talk this early. What are you doing for Memorial Day weekend, You know, I actually have a very boring weekend. I'm leaving for five weeks to go to Scotland next week. Okay. And so I'm prepping, like, 
this weekend is like sort of my last week to like get my shit together. Are you just are you going to calibrate your ear to understand Scottish people when they talk? Because I yes, cannot. I will. I will exclusively be watching Highlander on repeat just to like get used to it. <laughs> it's so. I mean, it's like an. I know you're speaking English, but I can't. What's happening? It's like, have you ever watched those YouTube videos where it's like, what English sounds like to non-English speakers? And it's nonsense words sort of with the inflection of, of English. So huh. it sort of duplicates like how English sounds to, non, to non-English speakers. So you're just going to feel like a baby for five yeah, weeks. Yeah, I'm just going to be, it's going to be like Muppet and Peanut, like adults in Peanut cartoons. Wah, like wah, the, wah, yeah. wah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Up next, we have actor, activist, comedian, writer, all kinds. She's multi-hyphenate. Just all the hyphens. All the hyphens. Grace Parra. Hi. Hi, ladies. Hi, gentlemen. Gentlemen? No gentleman here. Well, one gentleman There's here. one gentleman. Yes. He's He remains silent, though, as per, <laughs> as per the rules. He sits in the gentleman's chair of silence. Yes. In the back corner of the Hysteria recording studio. That's how Hysteria works. It, absolutely. Grace, what are you doing for Memorial Day? Well, I'm very excited. I am taking a trip to Memphis and to Nashville Ooh. and to Muscle Shoals, That's Alabama. That's so fun. Which I'm so excited about. It's where uh, Leonard Skinner and uh, Rolling Stones and Tina Turner and tons of classic artists uh, record over the years. So, uh, yeah. Nylon Is it are... like a music it's pilgrimage? Like, yeah. It's like this tiny town in Alabama near Florence, Alabama. And it's just where like randomly, there've been a couple documentaries about Muscle Shoals. It's just randomly where all these recording studios popped up too specifically that were just home to all of these legendary artists in like the seventies and, and they're on. So was, was Sweet Home Alabama recorded there? Yeah, it was. And Muscle Shoals is is uh, one of the lyrics in, now Muscle Shoals, da 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 ba ba. Oh. That's terrible. You're going to eat gonna such good out. food. Dude, it's all just hot chicken all day long. You're going to eat go. such good food and have so many people to scowl at. Yeah. <laughs> like, what it's a, a weird time I know. But if anybody has recommendations, uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. I think the recommendations are going to be don't go, Grace. (laughs) Am I weirdly supporting Alabama at a contentious time? You just kept saying Alabama, Alabama. And I'm like looking around like, am I? Is this the movie yesterday already? (laughs) No one knows? (laughs) Read the room, Grace. No, I think that there's a lot of great people in Alabama. It's a beautiful state. I've had, uh, I've, I've driven with my family kind of diagonally across it. It's very pretty and there's some very nice people. Uh, but it's a very fraught time to be visiting. Fraught. Fraught's the, well, it's gonna the word be, of the day. We should loop back because that's going to be a good segue. Yeah. 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 Oh, fuck. Grace, I'm sorry. I introduced you. Uh, we'll, we'll just pretend yes. that you got introduced last. And yeah. last but not least, we have <laughs> comedian, actor, writer, multi-hyphenate also, Megan Gailey. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. I understand that your mom was involved in something fun this week. Oh, my mom went to the Indiana State House yesterday where they were... Um, protesting and having a rally against the abortion bans that are happening and I think trying to like show Indiana that they don't want to do it and she went alone. She was going with a friend and then her friend couldn't go. But she still went? Yeah, you she went alone. Mom. And she wore my um my grandma she keeps a lot of clothes. She gave us my grandmother died on December 19th, December 25th of that that same year, six days later, she gave us unwashed clothes of hers as oh, a cool. Christmas present. <laughs> did she wrap them up? Oh, she did. Oh, um, wow. So she gave, She said she wore my nanny's socks yesterday down to the rally with her. And oh. I said, do you have pink on? She goes, of course I have pink on. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Did she make friends at the rally? She. I go, do you see anyone she, you knew? She goes, I did. I saw this lady on the stairs. I don't know how I know her. But then she said she saw another friend and she's been sending me the signs that she really Liked too. Very oh, cute. That's great. As your mom, uh, like, has she been a politically active person for a long time? You know, my mom is a 
a nurse and a teacher. And so I think she is one of those people that's like, well, you have to do the right thing. So mm-hmm. it's like very confusing yeah. to her when the right thing yeah. isn't what is being done. Um, but I have friends all the time that are like, your parents can't leave Indiana. Like Indiana needs them. But I do feel her starting to grow even more disenchanted with like the political feelings that that state seems to surround her with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're coming out here. That's what we're doing for Memorial Day. Oh, oh that's fun. My parents are visiting and they love California. Do they love to see you perform? They do. That's great. That's do, you, do you call, do you shout them out? And, like, I do. do bits for them? <laughs> I do. That's <laughs> so nice. I beg my parents not to read my writing. I like <laughs> lean into like the sexual things when they're, they're <laughs> for some reason I'm just like, Let's see how uncomfortable I can make them. And yeah. then they don't really ever feel that uncomfortable. They're like fine with it. My, my brothers, mom, everybody. Oh, that's great. Maybe it's like a band-aid, like once you rip it off. Yeah, I think they've heard it enough yeah. now that they're like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the first time it's like it's always harder with your parents to tell something, you know, like the first time I lived with a boyfriend, I remember I tried to like hide it from them. And now it's just sort of like I openly am like, Yeah, I'm probably gonna live with my boyfriend. We're not married, you know, it's like yeah. it's a it's a whole thing. You have to you have to break your parents in, especially the sex stuff and like choice yeah, they don't stuff. they truly don't seem to care. My mom talks about sex constantly. <laughs> they don't do kidding. that. It's Mary. So, Mary is all. It's just she is just just frisky. I don't, don't know. I'm not like I get re- CJ and I are having sex next to you, <laughs> but like on stage, they know in the context of like jokes. Right, right, right. But she did recently. I I like did a joke offhandedly, and she was like, "Did you really have chlamydia?" And I'm like. <laughs> Girl, we all did. You know, <laughs> it was the eighties. What are we gonna do? <laughs> Calm down. I, I get texts back reporting when my tweets go too far. Oh, and when they would prefer really? me to delete certain tweets. That's funny. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Usually like independently from both my mom and my dad. Like I can tell they talked about it, but are like a two-pronged approach. <laughs> okay. That's like more strategy than the, yeah. than the Battle of Winterfell, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> my like, parents are better at tactics than Jon Snow. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. I wanted to segue into kind of a serious topic. That's um, something that's been on a lot of our minds, and it's been kind of in the news a lot and it's been in a lot of our lives and one of the things that I think a lot about when it comes to abortion and choice is that a lot of times it gets kind of pigeonholed as this like women's issue where it's just this like special interest thing but I don't think a lot of people a lot of men don't understand that this is something that women who are reproductively capable or anybody who's reproductively capable thinks about all the time. Like if you have a uterus, like you're, it's just this kind of low thrum noise in the back of your head. You're just kind of always aware of the fact, like, here's, here's what my body can do. Here's what I would do if something happened. And it's, it's not just a women's issue. And it's not something that just goes away when people aren't passing batshit laws. So we are doing uh, our personal political today on the way that abortion personally impacts people's lives, not with the hopes that people who disagree with us are listening, because if honestly, if you disagree with us and you're, you've made it this far, you should maybe, I don't know, be running ultra marathons because <laughs> that is some serious endurance. We just want people who are listening to a, you know, if you're a woman or somebody with a uterus, understand that it's normal to have gone through this. And this is a fight that we're all joining in because it's very personal for us. Um, and B, if you're somebody who doesn't have a or doesn't have a uterus, if you're a man, we want you to understand how important this is to all of us and to probably women that you know and talk to every day who maybe haven't talked to you about it because they're not comfortable mm-hmm. doing it. So without further ado, 
Um, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the A word. First, um, Megan, I want to start with you because this episode was your idea. Couple. <laughs> I've been <laughs> really forcing it. For a I would like email every few weeks. And be Is like, it time? <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple months ago, Megan Gailey was like, I think I want to talk about this on the mic on an episode of Hysteria. And I said, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's think about it. Let's do it at the right time. And, and it seems like now is the right time. So Megan, I want to, I want to start with you. What is your personal experience with um, abortion and how has it impacted your life? I, I think that this was important to me to do as a comedian. You're used to sort of like working through the things that are happening in your life on stage. And that's kind of how I have coped and been able to get through multiple different things that I've that I've gone through breakup wise, health scares, anything that's happened. Um, and this is something that I have not talked about uh, publicly on stage. And so it's sort of festered in me in a way. And now we're faced with this right being taken away. And, and it feels very much the appropriate time to acknowledge what I've been through and then what a lot of my very, very close friends have been through. Um, I had an abortion five years ago. And at the time, I did not have enough money to pay for the abortion. And so it was provided for me as a free service which I think is incredible. And where was this? Um, this was in New York. Um, and I remember my mom telling me, like, just just beware. There may be people like standing outside of the building yelling at you when you go in. And I was met with um, such compassion and so much warmth that I can't imagine women being in hostile places going through this. Um, I had the support of my boyfriend at the time, and we got up there, and throughout the day, there were probably 20 to 25 women who were there having abortions, and there were two men there, um, and everyone else was there with their mom, their sister, a female friend, and it was just so horrible to see that men were a part of this as well, and then a lot of them never even have to know or never have to even be burdened with this knowledge and that these women are are going through it again um, by themselves. And I I went into, you know, like the pre-op room. I met um, the woman who was going in right before me. They keep you sort of like in a holding room. And she was already a mother. She had a 12-year-old daughter who she loved very, very much. And she felt like her boyfriend did not want to have this pregnancy go to term. And so she was like, I can't do it again on my own. I've already been a single mother and I can't do it again. And you could tell that it, you know, it, it broke her heart. And at some point in her life, she had probably wanted a second child and this just wasn't the time. And to paint any of these people as murderers or anything, but just women that are doing the exact thing that they can do, that's the best thing for them to do in that moment is, is so hurtful and so evil and so incorrect to what it takes to come to that decision. And whether it's an easy decision or a hard decision, you truly do not know how it feels and cannot pass judgment on what they should do until you have found yourself 
in those shows. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really, I mean, thank you for sharing that because it's, you know, it shouldn't be brave. It shouldn't be a brave thing to say that you made a decision about what happens inside of your body. That shouldn't be something that we're afraid to do. I've had two abortions. I've had one that was surgical when I was young in my 20s and one that was medicinal. And uh, that was also in my 20s. And both of them were because I couldn't I couldn't do it at the time. I, I was in a monogamous relationship in both cases. I uh, know that at some point in my life, I want to be a mother, but it wasn't then. I didn't have the money to. I didn't have the emotional maturity to. And I'm glad that I made those decisions. And I I'm, I can say now at the time I felt pressured to feel like it was a more difficult decision than it was. Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to kind of go through the motions of being like, this is hard. For some women, it is. It is such a hard decision. Like the woman that you met in the holding area, it is such a hard decision. But for some people, for a lot of people, it's like, no. Like, this is an easy decision. Yeah. I, I wish that this wouldn't have happened, that I had to make this decision. It's an unpleasant decision, but it's an easy decision to make. And the, 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 cha the I guess, characterization of abortion is something that is always a tragedy and something always that hurts women is a reflection of the fact that you haven't been there. You know, like a lot of people deciding that that's how we feel haven't been there or haven't really talked to a woman. Yeah. I think that there's I have a friend who I was telling you guys about before this, and she she had a late term abortion um, because she had a pregnancy that was not going to be viable. The baby's mm -hmm. organs were growing outside of the fetus. A horrible thing to realize in an ultrasound for a child that you want. And she has friends that to this day are like, refer to it as a miscarriage. And she's like, no, I chose to end that pregnancy. And we have to start framing and being honest about that because there's a lot of pregnancies that you do choose to end. And instead of us having to sort of like be the victim of these circumstances, we kind of need to take back that this was a choice I decided to make. Mm -hmm. and, that it's a, and that it's a valid choice and that it's not, you know, I, I think sometimes the 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 discussions around abortion frame it as this um, this thing that even the people who are pro choice like that it should be you know available but that it's still like a shameful thing mm -hmm. you know like that abortion should be you know accessible safe and rare mm -hmm. like yeah. that it's still I yeah the old Clinton chestnut yeah mm -hmm. uh, so I I think sometimes even framing it that way is really harmful to what how the how society should approach. Yeah. Abortions. One thing, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that story. And it it's heartbreaking to me to think about that there were only two men in that room. Yeah. Because abortions only happen because a man ejaculated in a place that he shouldn't have at that moment. <laughs> no female orgasms have caused zero abortions <laughs> or unwanted pregnancies. And so I think also just the way that society has framed this and put it entirely on the on the woman is is heartbreaking. And I, I, I don't know how we begin to undo that, but I think that is a fundamental paradigm that needs to shift. I do want to clarify that my emotion is less for me and more for the women that this is now being taken away from mm -hmm. or people yeah. are attempting to take away from. Because I think about if I hadn't had the ability to get one or ha lived in a state that paid for me to get one, I would be 
royally fucked. You know, mm-hmm. like I just I would have been. I didn't have money to pay for an abortion. How am I going to have money to, to raise have a, a child? Yeah, mm. that's that's a kind of twisty logic that it's like you irresponsible slut. You should be yeah. a, you, you should, should be, be a mother mom for this. Yeah, <laughs> you, the rest that, of your life that'll teach you fuck up a kid. That'll be a total social liability because you're not mature enough to decide whether or not to have. It just it's it makes absolutely no sense. It it's completely ridiculous. Um, Grace, I, I want to ask you the same question. How has being a pro-choice woman, how have you seen your friends deal with issues of choice and and, and that in your life? Well, I, I think that, that um, first of all, thank you ladies so much for sharing that. Your stories are incredible, emotional, and I think really important for people to hear because destigmatizing the word abortion, destigmatizing the process is pivotal in understanding, you know, why it is that this is such a fraught conversation. Um, I think what's interesting is that we're talking about a lot of people who are very clear about what they want uh, their decision to be, what they feel like the right decision is. But we're facing, I think, a lot of um, more often than not women who don't know what they want and don't know if they should keep the child or if they shouldn't. And and that stems from uh, instilling a lot of fear in mm-hmm. women. And and so the way that birth control has affected my life and, and the way that reproductive rights have affected my life is I feel very confident in knowing that I can take birth control. I feel very safe and secure in that decision. And it feels like something that I don't have to carry as a burden with me going through my day-to-day existence. And mm-hmm. I'm very, very grateful for that. If that were not an option, then I would feel even more fear than I do now. Mm-hmm. But I think that fear to me feels like the the biggest um, issue facing not just women who have had abortions or women who who may potentially be in a position to have abortions, but women in general, because we are in a place right now where our bodies feel like they could at any given point do something to bring us turmoil mm-hmm. and put us in a position that we are completely out of that that is completely out of our control, and that's what's what's really scary about this time and this place right now. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that about the emotional duress not only on women who've had abortions or women again who might be facing abortions. But women in general, that for all of us with uteruses, we which includes women and non-binary people absolutely. and trans people. Absolutely. That it feels like things are just completely out of our control. And that affects not just sex, by the way, but also dating and relationships. The idea that you might become emotionally connected to somebody, that you might want to have sex with them. And that should be something that you fear, mm-hmm. that you should fear emotional connection because that could lead to sex, which could lead to pregnancy, which could then lead to you needing to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. So and, and most of us, you know, I think are, are really uh, we want to feel emotionally connected to people. I mean, what is life if not to find find love. Um, and yet to know that the consequence can be so fraught with pain and suffering and, um, you know, and, and and political and for it to all be politicized is is really, really detrimental. And that emotional turmoil is what I think I'm seeing more and more of as the days go by and as, you know, states start to lob on to this new um, restrictive uh, movement. Um, and I don't know if you guys have felt this too, but I feel like more and more every single day I have female friends stepping forward and talking about increases in anxiety and mm-hmm. in depression. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it feels like an epidemic mm-hmm. and that's the emotional and psychological duress that we are all feeling that feels completely inescapable. I mean, I think we're lucky that y- all of us sitting at this table live in a major city and are very privileged mm-hmm. and have access yeah. to abortion care. 
And I think one— And preventative. And preventative birth and birth control for the most part, even if, like, Grace had to do, which she talked about a few yeah. months back, where she had to call around to different pharmacies. Like, we have options. We can we have options. We, have we options. can get this. Like, we're, we're always going to be fine. And, and the I know, education. Yeah. yeah. And there are going to be people in your life at this moment, if you're a woman who is maybe in a similar position in a, in a major city, well, you know, affluent enough to afford reproductive health care— I think people in your life are going to be tempted to try to calm you down and, and assuage that um, anxiety by yeah. saying you'll be fine, which is extremely not the point. Right. Yeah. Extremely not the point. I think that feeling anxiety right now is a sign that you're an empathetic person. And we need to keep our, our focus and our and our energy focused on people who are going to suffer from these laws directly. Mm-hmm. The yeah. direct suffering are, is, is going to be poor women, women Mm -hmm. in Alabama, women of color, people who are in marginalized populations in these places that are trying to cut off access to reproductive health care. I think it's really important for us as people who are privileged to remember that, like, it's good that we're feeling empathetic, but there's a certain point where, like, anxiety is just kind of spinning our wheels and we're spending our energy on... We should be, like, trying to refocus that, like, jujitsu the anxiety and (laughs) being a little bit proactive, you know? Can I I also say one thing, too, that I, I mentioned, like, oh, falling in love and wanting to have sex. Another problem with this dialogue is that we are viewing love and sex don't need to be the same thing. Mm -hmm. A woman should be able to have sex because she wants to have sex. And as long as as socially we continue to view sex as for the pleasure of men, then these consequences pregnancy, abortions, everything in that realm are going to continue to be the burden of women and not something that both genders bear mm-hmm. a burden to. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that unfortunately, until we start to frame the dialogue of sex as being for women's pleasure as well, we're going to continue to see these burdens uh, exclusively on women. And I, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like there's not a lot of dialogue about that right now, that, um, you know, sex is just not for female pleasure. And mm-hmm. and as a result, it's us that have, we have to bear the burden and we have the consequences. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Biology super unfair. Dana, you look like mm-hmm. you have, Dana, you look like you have something yeah. to say. I think we were mentioning anxiety. And one thing that just makes me like have that knot in my stomach that makes me so scared and angry and just all the bad emotions is the sense that the bodies of women and and non-binary and trans people are used as like political tools for mm-hmm. social issues. Like I feel like a lot of politicians see lies about abortions, like saying like late term abortions and abortion and babies can feel pain. Like they use these this charged and medically inaccurate language, like full on lies yeah. to rile up their base in the same way that like bathroom bills for for trans students like it's an issue that like their base gets angry about even in the abstract even though it like a, a trans bathroom bill for example like a trans student like that affects their life like their high school and their like experience and mm-hmm. and a person can just be like this is my life i just want to go into the restroom i identify with but because some republican lawmaker sees it as like a winning emotional issue with his base to be like, these men dress up as women to molest your daughters in bathrooms. Like that's sometimes how I feel like the abortion discussion goes where they're like, they can spin these lies about like, you know, uh, doctors cutting babies or like that they'll deliver babies and then like murder them in front of the moms. Like these crazy lies that Mm -hmm. rile up their base and totally distort from this legitimate issue that affects women. So like, these poor women in the rural areas that you were talking about who don't have access are now the victims of like 
shallow, a, a dumb yeah. political rhetoric. It, it, they're, they're pawns, and it makes me so angry. I can tell you that one thing that does not decrease my anxiety is being called a murderer yeah. on a national oh, state. God. You know, has that yeah. happened? I mean, not, not individual. They're not right. like, you are a murderer. But it's like, I'm not a perfect person. I've done shitty things in my life. And me having an abortion isn't even in the top 100 mm-hmm. things that I feel like if I ever have to go to, you know, Judge Judy in the sky, <laughs> it's not that's not even going to come on the docket for yeah. the day. I it's always imagine, be like, everything. like, if you go to hell, like, there's a highlight reel that plays. It's like, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, these are my greatest yeah. hits. So yeah. abortion— that's not even— that doesn't even make the wedding video. You know? <laughs> it's not in. So you're yeah. like, you think I'm a murderer for this? Like, you should have seen all this terrible shit I did to my friend in high school. Like, not that I did. Right. I was actually like a pretty loyal friend. But <laughs> it's also crazy to me. And this is uh, I'm being glib about this and I'm aware and I, I don't mean in glibness. But these are the same people with like the pro gun laws who's like, if someone steps foot on your property, you're legally yeah. allowed to shoot them. But like, oh, someone, a bunch of cells are in my physically in my body. And I'm not allowed to get rid of those. Well, you oh, can with a gun. With a gun, I can. They're shoot. hypocritical in in every way, yeah. unfortunately, and that's uh, infuriating. There's too many immigrants here, right? Because they're taking all of our resources. But you have to have every single child that steps that 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 is in a uterus, because otherwise you're going against scripture. I mean, yeah. it's, and of course, we don't want abortions, but we're also not going to teach sex edu comprehensive sex education no. or give out condoms, right? Our well, public schools are failing. Um, we're going back in time in so many ways, and then they want to— uh, but it, they're also, doing it on purpose. Also, gay people can't adopt kids. So yeah. if you if you don't have an abortion, sex for you, fewer people to adopt. Yeah, it's, it's really—there's it's, a lot of infuriating elements to this entire moment. And another thing that I've thought about in prepping for this episode and in thinking about whether I was going to say into a microphone that I've had an abortion, because I was like, oh, my parents don't know, so— surprise mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I, I hope my dad's not listening because he would be, he would just cry the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Um, not, not like out of the abortion thing. Cause I swear it, he's fine with abortion, just not so much with swearing. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think w- of his daughter swearing, I think that's the sure, thing. Sure, sure. But, uh, but one thing I think about is every single time there's this moment where women are dragged out into the public sphere and like punched in the face for political points. It feels like there is this kind of uh, cascade of articles of women who are coming forward and exposing their trauma yeah. and saying, look, Look, I'm like I am a person. And this is what happened to me, and they're revisiting these very painful moments of their lives: miscarriages, uh, aborting wanted pregnancies, aborting pregnancies that were unwanted during moments in their lives that were difficult mm-hmm. for them. And still, and also, we have, oh, I just want to add in into that: uh, women who have been raised in communities who do believe that, like you know, abortions are more than just like a bunch of cells who still aren't in positions yeah, to... Who still feel bad about it. Yeah. Like, and like, But we still have, we have to drag our trauma out every time this happened. I was thinking about during the Kavanaugh hearings, yes. Christine oh, Blasey yeah. Ford, everybody was coming out and being like, look guys, I was date raped in college. Yeah. And, you know, like, and you trust me, it, yeah. you, also, you have to be likable at the same time. Like yeah. you almost have to lead with like, hey guys, it's me. I know you really like me. You think I'm really funny and charming and great. Yeah. I also did this thing that part of the country right now thinks I should go to jail yeah. for. I can vouch for the fact that this trauma exists. And here it is. And then you yeah. rip your chest open and you rub your open wound on like the public. And what ends up happening ultimately is there are people that just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, the horrible thing about doing that, and I've had this by having conversations with Trump supporters and, and people <laughs> who 
like our that's your trauma. Yeah. (laughs) Quote, quote, socially liberal, but still vote for Trump is when you're perfect and likable and tell them, well, this was my experience. They'll say, oh, my God, well, you're that's fine for you. Yes. But also the exception. You're the exception. So even though even if you totally get through to them, I feel like just culturally, they're so inundated with other information that you're the exception. You're the good story. But societally, there's this big yeah. problem. We're, we're also, I think, probably telling stories to an echo chamber. I yeah. don't th- I just learned recently that I think something like 57 percent of people who watch television and consume digital media are liberal, like not not even moderates. I mean, conservatives don't listen to the same types of things that liberals do. They don't watch TV. They watch Duck Dynasty, maybe. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like we're, we're just not going to get that's not the way to get to them. I don't know how how is church like maybe in, in person. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Like, I'm starting to think that I don't really care if we get to them. Yeah, I, I, that's when, fair like, too. We just need I, yeah. to outnumber them. Yeah. And I think we do. And I, but I was thinking like dragging out our trauma like this, Megan, you telling your story. And then I have to go to work after that. You know? <laughs> like, I have yeah. to go right yeah. on a show show that's about laughing yeah. and yeah. That you're listening to these podcasts and then it's like okay well I gotta set up for my barbecue this weekend <laughs> yeah. well it, it's and it pisses me off because I'm like why didn't my fiance run the dishwasher I'm <laughs> talking about abortion all day like we're having to do so much emotional labor right now yeah. uh-huh. that they're just not and I know it's going to show on my face someday so that's my, my question is how do we combat that how mm-hmm. uh, because you know one question that, that that we've been talking about is where do men belong in the conversation and mm-hmm. I don't truly have the answer I'm very curious what you guys think but it does feel like we have to place more of the burden or the duress or at least responsibility on men in this conversation too and and I don't know how to how to do that exactly yeah I mean here's here's the thing like I think that women this is women's and and people with uterus somebody with who's a reproductively capable uterus owner this is something that is our pain and our trauma and this is something that is being legislated by mostly men. I think mm-hmm. all of you saw the matrix of the 25 Ugh. men in Alabama, all of whom are wearing suits that don't fit. The pastiest faces that <laughs> yeah. have ever been committed to camera. Yeah, they've got like bourbon cheeks. Oh, it's you know, the they, None the of making. them have lips. It's like yeah. spackle. Like, it looks like they were like spackled. You know, like the cheap mm-hmm. stuff you buy to fill your nail holes in <laughs> yeah. your rented oh, yeah, apartment? That That's their skin. Yeah. I mean, and you know, we don't like making fun of people's appearances unless they're absolutely terrible Bad people. Bad people. Yeah, they're, that's uh, the rule. But the Anyway, a bunch of ugly fucks in Alabama <laughs> making these rules about about what women can do. And I think that right now I'm feeling a little bit like an emotional live wire because I, I'm kind of tired of hearing from men. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I fight that reflex in me because we need them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we really do. need them to join us. And I, I was thinking last week after the Alabama thing that I was like, man, I am I am so fucking pissed. I'm so tired of looking at men who like want have opinions on abortion. But it's like, yeah, guys, no, we, we absolutely need you. It can't just be us yelling. No, yelling. it can't. And then, and then that even like unfortunately, when it's an issue that only women yell about, that means that the people who kind of already hate women can dismiss this as like Mm -hmm. a woman's issue. They're like, oh, those loud broads talking. Right. You know, Indiana passed passed that um, Religious Freedom Act. I did air quotes. (laughs) And there was... We heard it in your voice. And and North Carolina had um, the bathroom issue. And there was like huge outpouring of public opposition to both of those. And it 
it came from corporations. I remember the NCAA, the NBA was like, we are not having the all-star game in Charlotte if you pass this law. And then it's like people who I respect are still like, hey, we got a film in Atlanta. Yeah. And it's like, no, like we have you. What? Like we need everybody on this. Some of the most liberal people guys that I knew in college, I remember hearing them be like, we were talking about abortion and they were like, yeah, no, that's like, it's fine. I would never have one. And I was like, well, that's convenient yeah. for you to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I think there are a few categories of men. There are men that are just totally indifferent and don't think that we're people. There are men that are speaking up for their own selfish purposes. And then there are men who, like, are speaking up and they're trying to help. And then there are men that are like, they want to speak up, but they don't know how to do it because they don't want to get yelled at because it's really hard to step into a conversation like this mm-hmm. and not we we have been yelling about this for years mm-hmm. and there are men who want to like yell about this for the first time and are a little bit like I don't want to make people mad I don't want to piss people off so question to the table what would you say to a man who's like I want to do something I want to speak up but I don't know how I would say lead with your fucking wallet yeah mm-hmm. um that, if you do that if bare minimum you have to give money. Donate money to Planned Parenthood. Yellow Hammer. Talk to your friends, like like publicly, privately, whatever you got to do, text your male friends and be like, this is an, you, because you're not going to be shamed within each other. And if you are, then like those are shitty friends. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think as much as men need to step back and allow for, for women to have a platform in this situation, talk to your other male friends. You can actively exclude women, as a matter of fact, in private conversations. Talk to other men because that's how men feel comfortable. I mean, that's how we feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. too. It makes sense. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a tribal it's a tribal instinct. Um, But as long as men continue to not discuss it or to only discuss it with women, I just don't think we're going to see as much progress made. Yep. Men donate. Convince, I mean, talk to your friends one-on-one. And also, I don't think anyone will get mad at you if you uh, amplify, like, an article on Twitter yeah. and be like, this is fucked up. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. put your position out in the world that it's it's not an issue that you can or should stay silent on. Just because you don't have—you don't have to have, like, the smartest, nuanced, funniest take. You could just put out it out in the world a great perspective and just amplify someone else's story and be like, hey, that bill fucked up. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. yeah, I was really like um, I was I was feeling awful at the end of last week. And I got a text on Saturday morning from a man who I really respect, who has like a lot of uh, a lot more power than I do. And he texted me. Uh, he's not in the, in the politics sphere. And he said, how can I help? And that was one of the best. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. almost it moved me so much because it was like, I know you care about this. Mm-hmm. How can I help? So I would say, men, if you have women in your life that are upset about this or if you are, you're personally upset about it, reach out to a woman that you know and say, like, hey, I know that this is upsetting to you. What can I do? Mm-hmm. How can I help you right now? How can I help this cause? Right now, I think that's that's very important. Also, lead with your fucking wallet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's I like a, that a lot. It's a very good. It's too bad it has fucking in it because that could be an episode title. Lead ah. with your wallet, boys. <laughs> lead with your redacted wallet. <laughs> lead with your redacted wallet. <laughs> um, so, final question before we have to move on. I want to kind of end this conversation with a uh, kind of question to the table as well. A as a two-parter, what are you personally doing in response to this, if anything? And how scared or hopeful are you? 
I'm personally having more conversations with my boyfriend, with my brothers, with men in my life, um, conversations with uh, nieces and nephews who are younger than than I am, um, because I think it's important. And, and, and I'm trying to have more conversations that are not just like, man, this sucks. You know, there has to be some more substance to it for people who are not necessarily politically aligned with me. You have to under, you have to justify you have to be willing to and able to justify vocally why it is specifically that this is such such a you know momentous moment in time and so so problematic. Um, and am I hopeful? It's really hard to be. It's really hard to be when you start to see the number of states that are aligning themselves with this movement. And I think it's especially hard um, when you just take a look and like I mean. I, I, I just don't think this is the, this is just not the end of it, you know, and I don't think that Alabama is going to be the case that goes to the Supreme Court, but one case will, and it's only going to get bigger, you know, and this, this, this court is not stacked in favor of, uh, of, of abortion or in favor of um, pro-choice. No. So that, that is very, very, very scary to me. Yeah. I'm also not hopeful, which is really scary is I just sort of see this as a very, uh, the way it's being used politically is really not encouraging to me mm-hmm. in a really frustrating and makes me feel incredibly impotent. Um, but counterpoint to that, things I'm doing is challenging that by, you know, staying more aware. I think the the benefit, what's the word? Silver lining. Silver lining of, of, of this issue is it, it makes me like hyper aware. When like Obama was president and I was like, I'll take care of things. Yeah. Things are fine. Yeah. He's pretty smart. I think things will be okay. Whereas now I'm like, hyper aware. I feel like I'm like a fox with my with my ears up all yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah. And and talking to people and being able to like talk about my sex life in a way that's more open than I think normally I would be comfortable with in a way that feels like this is who I am. I'm a human being, not a prop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am leading with my wallet. Um, I'm also Your fucking wallet. my fucking wallet. <laughs> my leopard print. Kate Spade bought it at an outlet mall and it's falling apart wallet. <laughs> um, I am very much listening to what uh, the Democratic candidates for president have to say. Um, I am having more conversations. I'm being more open about my personal experience. And I do have to say I am a little hopeful because I know how angry and pissed I am. And if every woman who had an abortion and stands by it is as pissed as I am, I think that that is a very, very uh, frightening group of people to yeah, one in four before they're yeah. 45, one in four. Yeah. yeah. I do think we're stronger than them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a lot more of us than people think. Yeah, Megan, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to echo your hopefulness just because it's the only like I think when we start to despair is when we start to kind of give up and it doesn't matter how behind the eight ball we are. Like we just have to run as hard as we can and and keep going as hard as we can. Um, I feel like because I'm not in the direct line of fire when it comes to these laws that I have the advantage of having like more energy to give Mm -hmm. to trying to help other people. So, Mm. um, yeah, I guess I'm also giving some money and I'm, I'm trying to keep my spirits up because it's like people who it's like, it's people like you and me who are, when the people are actually suffering the effects of this are going to have to like keep going. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. we're going to we're, we're going to have to use our extra energy to like help uplift other people. So can I also say that both of you guys mentioned off the mic um, 
ways that you're incorporating your stories into art, whether it's on a television show, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, in stand up. Yeah. And I think that's really important too. Mm -hmm. so normalizing it. Yeah, yeah, normalizing it and, and, and telling these stories in creative ways that might that might reach different audiences. Um, I think that's really, really, really special. And those are ways that you guys can use your gifts in particular to share stories with the world, which I think is, is phenomenal. Thank you guys for doing that. Oh, thank you. thank you all for being here. This was um, this was an episode that was a long time coming, like mm -hmm. we said earlier, and um, everybody was like totally on board when we reached out. And I'm just so grateful for you guys, uh, Dana, Grace, and Megan. Thank you so much. We have to take a break, but we'll be right back. Okay, we're back from a very serious break <laughs> to a very silly part of the show because we don't want to leave you on a downswing. These are the hills we'll die on, things that don't really matter, but we care a lot about anyway. Let's get to our listener hill first. Hi, ladies. So the hill that I will die on is that brides who throw their bouquets are fucking bitches. <gasps> what kind of monster stops a party, makes their single friends stand in the middle of the room while the DJ is playing Beyonce's single ladies. Everybody's watching. People are putting it up on their Insta story. And this is all so their friends who went to their shower and went to their bachelorette can stand there and fight over a bouquet of flowers so that they have the chance of getting married next. It is a sexist, archaic tradition <laughs> that needs to be stopped immediately. That is it. Okay, happy engagement, Megan. Uh, I'm not, I am not throwing my bouquet. I never was going to. No one is going up my dress to get a garter. The garter is so <laughs> of That is happening. Do not worry. I am with you 100%. That was among the boulder yes. of our, of the correct. hills. That's right, though. I mean, you know, there's something to be said for tradition, but there's also something to be said for like nothing is going to get better unless we stop doing stupid shit. Yeah, we got to stop doing that. Yeah. I don't want to pass. The garter toss really creeps me out. Yeah. I remember seeing like Ugh. my brother go up my sister-in-law's <laughs> dress. It's just Ugh. like, oh, like your family's there. Don't do that. Yeah. The dress, the, the flowers at least are like not not sexual. sexual. I think that's yeah. like, it feels very much like how in, in like old like times of the monarchy when everyone had to like hold up the sheet to see the bloody sheet to see that it was consummated. Ew, that's yeah. what that's, the garter toss that's feels what the like. We are like. going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real one. I, I feel like, you know, it's funny because the wedding is the only ceremony where they do something like that. Like imagine if they did it at funerals where they took, yeah. <laughs> they take the wreath off the top of it and they fling it at the old <laughs> people. You're going to die You're now. Yeah. Die. It's like ring toss with the old people and whoever it lands on is going to die next. And everyone's like, yay, life is difficult. I want out. But naturally, I don't want to upset anybody. Okay, well, all right, let's move on to the other hills we'll die on. Um, Dana, you want to go? Yeah, um, this is a dumb pop culture one. And I was going to say it. Uh, people have a lot of Game of Thrones opinions. My hot take is that the finale was fine. Oh, wow. It was a fine finale. No, but Bran. I know. Bran's weird. Oh, and Grace. It's, it's I'm funny so and dumb. Mad. But like, you know what? <laughs> Kingdoms are dumb. They always choose dumb weirdos to be king. I don't agree with the decision. No. I'm just saying I had fun with the finale. I enjoyed the show. I'm going to say good job, guys. Uh, I got chills at some moments. I was like, that was dumb. That was fun for a dragon show. My hell is that... Good job. Thumbs up. Let's all move on. <laughs> Grace, I thought about you 
immediately. Oh, good. I'm glad you did. You know, I was, I was like, she's going to be so mad. And I was like, should I text her? No. <laughs> oh, I do. I do hate Bran. I think he's the worst. Uh, worst character. And also he, I mean, he's not like a king that oozes charisma. No. And also he can't have kids. So what the fuck are they thinking? The whole thing is terrible. Also, I hate Bran. Maybe he's going to live for like 500 years. He's yeah. like the Thread Raven. They live for like thousands of years. Maybe he's king for life forever. I don't know. Who cares? I don't Fun care. dragon show. Thumbs up. <laughs> I hate well, Bran. That's a, we are really hitting on some. This is maybe our most controversial. We were kind of like flirting with most controversial ever with the whole long conversation about us having abortion. <laughs> yeah. But now I think <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm going to get the angry emails that is, about. That opinion is literally. Literally worse than abortion. <laughs> yeah, my take is just like, no, it's fun. <laughs> you're so flippant. God. You know what? You're you're hurting the cause. <laughs> um, I will go next because mine's stupid. Um, so, guys, everybody. And I think this uh, this is something I started noticing in college, but as I become an adult has become more and more noticeable. It's not noticeable in my current job because I really enjoy my current job. The Always Sunny Writers Room is just the just tops. But... You know, when you're in a meeting and there's a point where the person leading the meeting is it's become a discussion mm -hmm. and there's a point where everyone is sort of like fallen silent mm -hmm. to uh, kind of indicate that they're ready for the meeting to be over. And they're kind of looking at their hands. There's always one fucking person mm -hmm. who is like, uh, and, and they, keep, <laughs> they keep bringing it up. They keep talking. And they're the, they're the question answer with one minute left in class, which is like, did, did we all have to hear this? Yeah. Like, yeah. I really feel like when you are within 10 minutes of the scheduled end of a meeting, shut the fuck up. I think that's fair. You need to shut up because I, the, nobody wants to be there. And, and if you want everyone, it's selfish. It, it, you continuing yeah. to talk is like, I need everyone to hear what I have to say. It's like moment. people who can't just be silent for a few minutes on a date or when you're like with a friend. You don't need to, someone does not need to be constantly talking. You can just sit in silence for a little bit. That's okay. I'm with you completely on that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just kind of like the slow end. It's yeah. like the kind of embarrassing end of the life of the meeting where it's just like, we all just wanted to be over, yeah. but there's yeah. one person who doesn't. Be aware yeah. of when that moment comes and do not be that person. Yeah. And that's the hill I'll die on. Okay, next. Uh, Grace, do you want to go? Sure. Um, mine is a is also very, very dumb, and it's really more of a question, <laughs> but it's something that I think that we all need to get on board about unanimously, which is highlighter. Are we? Do we use highlighter on our face every day? Oh. Do we not? Ooh. I see every Instagram person use it, but it's a whole lot in real life. Like in person, and yeah. I just, uh, but I, I just bought some, and I happen to like it. But I'm like, am I too extra now? Or is are you wearing this it just, now? I'm wearing a little bit. It now. looks it really good. good. It really? looks really good. That's so, an appropriate amount. Okay, thank I'm you. I'm wearing some now too. Yeah, it looks, it looks good. good. Can I say my hot take? I'm not <laughs> yeah. wearing because I'm not wearing makeup now. <laughs> but when I wear makeup, I I do wear it okay. on the on the top of the cheek top of the and cheeks, also a little, little bit on the nose Whoa. a little, little you underneath guys are doing it so many more spell. places it's a lot but, of places but see i'm one of those people that i either go makeup or no no makeup i don't sure. have like a good everyday makeup routine because i'm so lazy i i but always wear makeup okay you're pro i always wear makeup because my mom was like it protects your skin you have to wear but it contouring is, is hard contouring oh, i don't understand I always, you're seeing a lot of dirty faces yeah. i look i look like an orphan in like a christmas carol when i try to i'm like it's christmas day when i try to contour it's a really 
bad luck. You're wearing it. You're like riding around in like a brand style wheelchair. <laughs> Hi, no, Mr. Cratcher. It's Christmas Day. And Hello. that's my accent for some reason. <laughs> Hello. I don't know how people in the UK talk. Um, the, you know, one thing that taught me about like highlighter and uh, and contouring is when I used to do CNN all the mm. time. The yeah. makeup artists mm. were like, I would just kind of notice what they were doing yeah. and be like, I can't do this. Yeah. But I kind of know how it works a little bit. And highlighter is a, is a yes, it's a they it's don't a, do it for TV. Easier. Highlighter is easier than yeah. contouring because contouring yes. you have to blend. Highlighter mm-hmm. you can just do like a little bit. Yeah, they don't sparkle. do highlighter for t- for TV because it, it right. you look you look too gl- shiny, glistening. I've watched so many reality shows and you'll see sometimes like people halfway through getting ready they have like a lot of those shots and you're like what what is that step like yeah, yeah. they always look insane yeah. and I'm like I don't ever have white powder down to my lips yeah, like they're yeah. doing this shit that makes no sense and then when you see the woman fully complete you're like it's perfect. <laughs> I yeah. want to go to there. I feel like the era of YouTube tutorials has introduced oh. a whole oh, new level of yeah. stress. And I'm just like, no. Since I've moved out here, the only thing I do is like under eye concealer with like yeah. one of those things. And then I do like. What do you use? Your skin looks really good. Oh, thank you. I go to hot yoga every day. <laughs> um, but I also do like uh, I do like an under eye concealer. I'll let's compare y'all. notes after because you guys totally. have really good skin. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. Well, let's let's move on from the makeup talk to Megan. Hill. Okay. Um, this came to me as I was parking today. If you are not a compact car, <gasps> do not <gasps> park in a compact spot. <laughs> you have made a decision to have a Range Rover, and that means you cannot park where a Prius fits. It's not okay. You need to go up where yeah. the other spots are because then you are taking up one Two and a and half, half spot, and then a car can't park there, and you have fucked up everything. Yeah. I parked in between two giant cars today, and you could tell that they didn't want me to park there, and it's like, no, I am the right size. Yes. You are wrong, and if if you can't get into your car, I don't give a flying rat's ass. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I, I noticed the same thing. Yeah, and I, today I, especially. Today was Wait, so oh my yeah. God. Like, you. It was like an armada. Ugh. Everybody just like brought in so their big fucking cars, and they're like, "No, I can fit." No, you're you not. Can't. It was a. It was a. It was an epidemic yeah. in the parking. Garage. I want that full hill word for word printed <laughs> on a T-shirt. Everything you said. Quote, I just want on a okay. t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, Half of the hills that people bring up here, I'm like, that would be a good back tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for so much coming fun. by today. Well, fun? So much fun. Straight up pure fun. <laughs> so much fun. Fun, fun, Maybe fun. our funnest episode ever. Maybe you we should call it our funnest episode yeah, the ever. The fun episode. The fun the episode. Fun gals <laughs> talking fun things in a fun setting. Oh, God. Uh, Dana, Megan, and Grace, thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you to Alyssa Mastermind as always for calling in to break down the news this week. I'm Aaron Ryan and there will be more hysteria next week. I am from another planet. This nation Janet. But these girls are fan it. Why two K email scan it? Don't say no for an answer. Um girl with a mouth that's overdone. Right, cause girls just wanna have fun. So Annie, get your gun. Get